Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Welcome back, my lovely, lovely friends here. Um, Happy Easter. We are in the Easter season. And there's one thing my kids and I love to do during this Easter season, and it's proclaim this word, hallelujah. They love the idea that we're not supposed to say it during Lent, but come Easter, we sing it and scream it from the mountaintops. Before I open us up with our episode today, let me kick us off with our Bible verse, which is Revelation 19, 6 and 7. And it says, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud pearls of thunder shouting, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. You guys... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word holla, and you guys know, <laughs> if you're one of my friends here, one of my longtime listeners, I love, love, love um, the etymology of words, the origin of words, the, the meaning of, of words. And I think hallelujah is one for most of my listeners here is pretty obvious, pretty understandable. We sing it, we scream it. And it literally comes from two Hebrew words, halal. And Jah, and I'm probably pronouncing them wrong. But Halal means praise, and Jah means good. And there's a um, quote by St. John Paul II that I love so much, and I always have love. And we talked about it on one of our earliest episodes on Latte and Laundry, back when Julie and I still did it together in the beginning of Latte and Laundry. And it's a quote by St. John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, right? And he says, do not abandon yourselves to despair. We are the Easter people and hallelujah is our song. We are an Easter people, my friends. We know the end of this story. It did not end on the cross. Okay, I'm really heated (laughs) and jazzed up right now, but I could get really fired up about this. And it's funny because as I was praying my morning rosary this morning, I was actually going through um, the Joyful Mysteries. Uh, I don't even know what the day of the week it is right now when I'm recording this, but I was praying the Joyful Mysteries and I got to the nativity and the adoration of Jesus and the adoring of Jesus. And I started really... um, praying through it and Mary led my heart somewhere so I don't know if you guys recall this like this um, reflection meditation that our Lord put on our heart on my heart it started with um, a meditation guided by Sister Miriam James Highland that she does on the um, healing the whole person retreats and the, me- the meditation is slightly changed I've gone to a couple <laughs> of the retreats and the meditation is slightly changed here and there over the time but when I had first encountered it on um, Dr. Bob Shute's JP2 Healing Center retreat, it 
it journeys through walking alongside Jesus and giving him certain things. And after I led the, left the retreat, that, that meditation was beautiful. And I found myself really feeling called to become more intimate with Mary and journey more, more closely with Mary, realizing that I had a lot of wounds in my heart and the motherhood wounds in my heart that made my relationship with Mary a little bit more guarded than my relationship with Jesus and God the Father. And as I was growing closer and closer to Mary, this meditation of walking with Jesus that, that Sister Miriam James Highland had started where she she instructs the listeners to kind of really imagine yourself, put yourself in the place with our Lord where you are most comfortable, a place that you love, beautiful. And I found myself in a fall, crisp day walking through um, on a trail, a very like subtle trail, not open wide, subtle trail in the woods. And, and Jesus walks up beside me. And I apologize if this is redundant for the people that have heard this a piece of this before um where he walks up beside me and he bumps me in the in the shoulder a little like nudge we don't even make eye contact yet but a little nudge and knowing my heart and that I love coffee and lattes and all such things he passes me a latte in in my hand that has a little heart you know how like at certain coffee shops they'll write your name on the cup it has a little heart on it and it says Suzanne because you guys, that's that my friend is how intimately Jesus loves us. And I grab the cup and I walk with him. And this meditation went through all these things that Sister Miriam James, she didn't discuss that cup. You, I just imagined that as I was imagining Jesus encountering me. But she goes through all these things um, about the encounter with Christ, about really handing him over some of the stuff, some of the wounds you've been carrying. And it left there. And as I came home and weeks later, as I'm journeying more intimately with Mary, I I suddenly had a flash of met of this meditation, an image of walking with Jesus in these woods again. And he leads me around a curve and I could see he's bringing me somewhere and he led me to our the blessed mother, Mama Mary herself. And as he led her to me, he like departed from me. And at first my heart was anxious and worried because Jesus is my guy. Uh, what are you doing? How are you walking away from me? Like, I love Mama Mary, but you don't want to leave you and it was this real tender gaze he gave me of like he's not leaving me but what he did was he ruffled through the leaves and buried into the leaves there he picked up a cross a huge cross that he mounted into a stone that was stand that was laid next to me and Mary and he mounted it up and then he climbed up onto the cross and there I stood with Mary gazing at Jesus on the cross and it was this real revelation that he gave me that mama Mary desires to be what helps you stand in perfect gaze at me in the crosses and the suffering precisely in the most beautiful place that he has loved us which is upon the cross and as I was praying my joyful mystery this morning and I got to the nativity and the adoration of Jesus himself Mary whispered into my heart that the most beautiful place to adore him is not in his beautiful, most adorable little self in the manger, but instead adoring him upon the cross. And that pierced me profoundly because, you guys, this is the place Christ loves us with arms stretched open to embrace us most perfectly, nailed to a cross 
And it just led to this realization of hallelujah is our song. That is not the end of our story, you guys. We are not left in despair as some of the disciples felt on that day as they ran away, as they were were distraught and discouraged by their savior, their king was killed. Could they lean on all the promises that he had told them? Could they believe what he was going to say would happen on the third day? We, my friends, are lucky. We know the end of the story that continues to this day. The story of salvation is not over. It is alive within us ourselves each and every day because he on Easter rose again, right? And because of this, because of the sacrifice in which he laid out his life for us and rose again to open the gates of heaven. Hallelujah is our song. And I'm not going to even try to sing it (laughs) because you guys do not want that. But as I was praying through this idea of praising God, hallelujah is our song. It reminded me something that I learned a while back with regards to Judah, right? Um, in Genesis 29, 31 through 35, I'm going to read this, okay? It's a little lengthy, but bear with me. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. Now, I'll take a step back. This is regarding Jacob, who Jacob um, really was in love with Rachel, but was with Leah. But Leah could feel that his heart was with Rachel, And she was tortured and she felt unloved, right? And so Genesis says, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son and called his name Reuben. For she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was Levi. And then it ends here. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now... I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called him Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Right? Leah was desperate for Jacob's attention. She wanted him to be attached to her, not to Rachel. But clearly, Rachel, her sister, was Jacob's favorite. She had been blessed by our Lord to have three sons while Rachel was barren, and she thought it would win her favor in Jacob's eyes to keep having these sons. But instead, he still wanted Rachel. But it wasn't until the time of her last son came along that she stopped obsessing over what wasn't given to her, which was Jacob's affection and attention. What wasn't given to her, her unmet desires. She let go of what wasn't given to her, her unmet desires, her heartache, and instead chose to praise the Lord, which is why she named him Judah. Because Judah means praise. Right? And it's funny because the tribe of Judah would ultimately be the tribe that God had led the Israelites through the wilderness into the promised land, right? Praise is what leads us from where we are now. Even Jacob, when he blessed his sons, gave 
his greatest blessing to Judah. And it's often when we let go of going up to God first with our sufferings and with our crosses, forgetting that we are called to worship and to sing our song of hallelujah first, that our hearts are converted towards Christ, moved with an openness towards him, allowing us to more intimately know him and pour out all that we are experiencing. He already knows the pains and sufferings. He already knows all the desires of our hearts. He's asking us to come to him with those, but we must not forget to go up the mountain first, just as God told the tribe of Judah to go up to the battlegrounds first. Fight the battle with the tribe of Judah, praise first, right? Years later, when Joshua died, he was the leader of the tribes of the Israelites after Moses died. The the children of Israel asked the Lord, who shall go up first against the Canaanites to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. We see the same thing in in Judges, where Judah was sent first. When it was the battle, Judah went up first. This is actually like a picture for us, my friends. This is a prophetic way of showing us, my friends, that we are called to go into battle. Whether it's the struggle, the heart battle within ourselves, the marital issues we're having, the heartaches we are as mamas to olders and mamas to littles that we are experiencing, the battle that we that are raging sometimes with our family of origin, coworkers, colleagues, or or betrayals of friends and loved ones. These are battles. There is a spiritual battleground happening all around us at all times. And we are called to send Judah up first, praising our Lord first. I don't know what battle you are facing. I don't know what it is that you are experiencing, but I can promise you this. We are all experiencing battles this very day, big and small. And this is just a good calling as we as we experience and we rejoice in the goodness of Easter. We rejoice in all that Jesus did for us to remember that hallelujah is our song. Praise be to God first and foremost so that we are equipped and ready for the battleground. We are equipped and ready to call Jesus into our hearts, to lay our lives on the line, to pray with him and meet him in the most intimate corners of our hearts so that we may go out and love as he has called us to love. And as I sat at a family adoration that we had recently, um, I was completely overwhelmed. I'm reading this book, The Dolores Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's um, from the visions of Anne Catherine Emmerich. And Um, My beautiful, beautiful friend sent this to me before the start of this Lent, and it's so profound, the intimate details, the visions she had of the passion of Jesus. And one of the things that struck me so profoundly, and maybe I've already talked about it on here because I've talked about it a lot lately, and I apologize if I'm redundant, but it's so important, was this beautiful, this beautiful and yet painful idea of our Lord in the agony of the garden when he saw what he was about to do trembling, sweating, sweating blood of all his capillaries breaking from how much intense pressure and stress that he was in for for what he was about to endure. 
And one of the things he was he was envisioning as he was in the agony was the droves of people that would come to him that would would be united with our Lord forever in heaven because of his passion. But at the same time, he saw the droves of people that would turn their back on him, the droves of people that would walk by churches, walk by the Eucharist, disgrace him. In fact, persecute him and those who follow him. He saw this. And I've been moved to tears with this book. If you have not read it, I highly recommend checking it out. Especially for the Lenten season. It's beautiful. And as I was moved to tears with this, I was sitting in family adoration this last week. And the music was playing and I was in the back nursing the baby. And there was just tons of little kids and families praising Jesus in the Eucharist and I was so overwhelmed in joy of the hallelujah that was our song we weren't quite literally singing hallelujah at that time but sheerly and purely by our desire to bring our children to him is a hallelujah like I've ever seen and the heavens above I just know the angels are rejoicing, seeing the families, the children coming to him in adoration for him in the Eucharist. And I'll be honest, I was completely overwhelmed before this recording because I got an email from a beautiful, beautiful lady, young lady I ask you all to pray for, a beautiful wife and mama to four. Lena, if you're listening, um, with regards to her own um, beautiful entrance into the church this Easter. Like, I could legit cry. Sorry. (laughs) How beautiful it is to see the conversion in people's hearts and being drawn to him. I pray for all of my friends, my listeners, anybody else that's gone through RCIA that is becoming part of the catholic church through all the sacraments this easter it's so that's one of the most beautiful parts of the easter vigil services is is being a witness to something like lena's journey of entering into the church i'm so excited for you and i just i feel so blessed to be part of of knowing your journey like i said as i as i saw and i felt completely overwhelmed with when i was in family adoration The angels and the saints are rejoicing in the same way for all those entering the church this Easter. So I invite all of my listeners here to to keep those those prayers for all those that are already in the church. Pray for those that are entering the church this Easter. How incredibly beautiful. Your life is a hallelujah. But maybe for some, hallelujah is, is hard right now. And maybe right now you're struggling. Maybe right now it's hard for you to sing hallelujah from the the mountaintops. And my friends, do not fall into the enemy's trap here. Do not fall into the devil's trap of wanting you to feel shamed, wanting you to feel um, less than in this area. But I have always felt and still convictedly believe that Christ knows what our baskets are full of. Whether we have crumbs or whether we abundantly have loaves and loaves of joy, comfort, and praise within us. When we are struggling and all we feel is an empty well, little crumbs within the basket, there is nothing 
too small for our Lord, for he can make and provide the fishes and loaves from the tiny scraps and crumbs that we have. So if all you can do today is say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. That is a hallelujah reverberating throughout the entire world in the heavens above. So don't cut yourself short if you cannot be singing hallelujah from the mountaintops right now. But instead, give him the little crumbs that you have and he delights in multiplying those beyond any measure. Right? It's like the lady who came to the to the temple and gave everything that she had and it was only a few coins. That small, I love you Jesus, may be more profound in your state of life right now than all the hallelujahs another person might be able to sing. So, my friends, I'm going to end it here, but I just hope you all have a blessed, blessed, blessed Easter season. I hope you're delighted with your babies, delighted with your spouses, and are praising Jesus even if it's only in a small, tiny whisper. So let me close this in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I praise you. I praise you for the goodness of the sacrifice that you you gave us through your walk in Calvary, through the passion, through your agonizing pain. I praise you for being the Paschal Lamb so that we all may live in the hope of knowing that one day our hallelujahs will never end. I ask you to bless all my friends here and my listeners to know your goodness, to breathe life into our hearts so that we may always go out into the battleground with Judah first, praising you first so that we can always be resting securely on your love and on your perfect goodness so that when we're suffering and when we're struggling, And when the praising is a difficult thing to do, that we are living out of our identity as your beloved daughters and the goodness that we know you have bestowed upon us. Mama Mary, I ask that you would intercede for all of us here. Intercede that our hearts know that it is that you desire to be that steadfast light in our lives that we may be able to stand with you adoring your blessed and beloved son Jesus Christ adoring him not only in the manger and him coming in the incarnate but instead adoring him in his most beautiful act of love for us on the cross I ask all of this in Jesus' name Amen In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, my beautiful friends. Happy, happy Easter. I hope you all have a good one. And as always, I cannot wait to catch up with you next week. God bless.